The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Last week, Shabbos, I decided that the Shabbos before Purim, this past Shabbos, right, Matthew Shabbos was reading the Megillah, that myself and my wife were going to Muncie. I'm going to my friend in Muncie. I haven't been in Muncie in 12 years. I'm going to my friend in Muncie. Nobody knows me. I don't got to speak. No speeches. No questions. I'm going to sleep Shabbos. I'm going to get koyach, so I'm going to have a lot of koyach on Purim. It's going to be an amazing Shabbos, a getaway. So, no problem. We called up my friend Hertz, Moshe Hertz, and his wife Suri. We're coming to Muncie. Okay, now they live on a block in Muncie called Olympia Court. Olympia Court is next to a place called Walla something. What is it? What? Wallenberg. Now, we didn't know that Wallenberg, so there's these two, like, areas, the communities. Now, Wallenberg's electricity, because of the snow on Thursday, Wallenberg's electricity was out. But we didn't know that. We weren't going to Wallenberg anyway. We were going to Olympia. But when we got there to Muncie at 3 o'clock, I got there early so I could rest. You know, everything was, in, everything was going great. You know, we planned many things in life, and things were going absolutely amazing. They were going great. So, so we come to Olympia Court to my friend. Everything's beautiful. 3 o'clock. I'm never so early for Shabbos. 3 o'clock. I don't even know what to do with myself, right? So, everything is fine. Now, all the people from Wallenberg came to Olympia because they had no electricity for Shabbos. So, Olympia didn't only have Olympia people, but they had Wallenberg people who hadn't had electricity since Thursday. Very nice. It's awesome, beautiful. Kleistrol is, is amazing. Okay. So, what time is Shabbos? Shabbos was 5.25. So, Mincha was 5.35. So, the people, the Hertzes, they went to Shul a little bit early. But I was going to go to Mincha at 5.35, so I was still in the house at 5.25. At 5.26, at 5.26, the electricity in Olympia went off. <laughs> so now, there's no electricity in Olympia. Now, the crockpots are done. The fridge is done. And there's no electricity. So, I didn't make Shabbos yet. My wife already had lit, but the, the wife, uh, Mrs. Hurst, didn't light yet. So we had, we had a couple of minutes to put out tea lights, because who knows when the electricity is going to come back on. Now, we're not used to this in Brooklyn, right, at all. So we put tea lights like, downstairs. You're running, but Shabbos is ticking, and, and we didn't think of that's going to last a long time. So we didn't take the chont out of the crock pot and put it into another pot and put that on the blech, because the blech was gas, which we could have used. Anyway, to make a long story short, I didn't want to miss mincha, so I had to leave within five minutes. And I come to shul, and the shul is pitch dark. But it's not dark yet, because the sun is just setting. But what's on in the shul, these emergency, those, see those exit lights, those two, those two lights over the exit? So they work by battery. If there's a fire, they work by battery. So we're in this huge shul, right, in Olympia, and the only light that's in the shul are those lights. And they only last for one hour. Okay. I'm saying to myself, this is total panic. God, I try to get away. Now, I'm, first of all, it's freezing. It was right after that snowstorm. Freezing in Muncie, it's like 28 degrees, no heat. All the, all the, all the, no electricity, no heat, because they have, they have baseboard heating, and it's run by electricity. So no electricity, no heat. Okay, my, I, you know, this, I never had this in my life, because even if, if you have a blackout, you have, you have flashlights, but it was, everybody was in shul already. So there were no flashlights, there were no candles, there were just these one-hour lights. Anyway... So we come to Shul, and I'm thinking to myself, we got to dive in really fast, because the minute those tea lights go out, you're not going to see your food. 
And if you don't see your food, you don't taste your food. You know that? If you're a blind... No, it's not funny. It says that in the Gemara, it says a blind person, besides being blind, never gets full because you don't taste your food if you can't see your food. We don't even, we don't even understand that. We're able to see girls. It's such an unbelievable thing. I, this Shabbos, realized what it's like to live in pure darkness, which is the most scary thing in the world. Um, especially if you're in somebody else's house and you don't know where the bathroom is. <laughs> It's one thing if, you're, if the lights are out in your house and you know your way around, but when you're in someone else's house in the basement, you're like, I'm not going to fall down the stairs or somewhere, you know. So, so it's pretty scary, but we don't, we don't understand that. But this Shabbos, I got to. Anyway, so, so I'm in shul, and I'm thinking that they better daven really fast, because if they don't daven really fast, by the time we get home, the lights are going to be out, we're not going to be able to make kiddush, whatever it is. So I come to shul, they daven mincha, nice and slow. There's a little bit of a buzz, you know. No electricity, everyone's trying to figure out. But it's so pitch dark because the lights on the poles of the, in the street are also out. It's a total blackout. Total blackout. So we're in shul, and all of a sudden you realize, everybody in this room, you realize that there's a light that's on a whole day that we take for granted. And that's the sun. And as the sun is setting and we're finishing mincha, the shul is getting darker and darker. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's about to get pitch dark in here. So it got pitch dark, except in the shul they had these four lights that were still on. And we come to Myriv, and they're davening slowly. And I'm like, what are these people thinking? You know, now, before the lights went out, this is the Shabbos before Purim. This is like the happiest Shabbos of the year. You're, everybody's psyched. You know, Matze Shabbos is going to read the Megillah. So, you know, you got all your food up, and, and there are a lot of visitors and a lot of people from Nebuchadnezzar who came from the other place to come here and ended up in the same darkness. Didn't help them at all. So they come to L'Chadaydi, and there's like one guy gets up, and he starts telling the chazan, no, hurry up. You know, we, 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 we got to move. We, we're, we're in a rush over here. So he's singing L'Chadaydi like nothing ever happened. And the whole shul is singing L'Chadaydi like nothing ever happened. And I'm like, this is not going to work out. And in, really, and, and the reason I'm telling you all the story is that instead of, instead of them getting angry and upset that Hakkad Hashem, like, what are you doing, God? You waited till a minute before Shabbos so nobody could get flashlights and nobody could get their, their lawn candles out. I mean, come on. Everybody was in shul already. It's like, like God pulled this off the last minute. If we would have pulled it off at 3 o'clock, we could have had generators and all kinds of stuff. So I was like, what are you doing? You know, we're, we're making Shabbos. We're the guys who keep Shabbos. Take the lights out on the people who don't keep Shabbos. We're the guys who put up the crock pot. Put up a crock pot to have cold chili. Like, so, so you're sitting there and you're thinking about, like, Hashem, what are you doing? You know, why are you signing the death warrant? Why, why, why did you sign that the lights should go out? You know, on all these good Jews, and they're good Jews. No, it wasn't, that was not the reaction. They, they were excited about this. This was exciting. Davening in the dark. You know, only Jewish people, like, you know, diving in the dark. And we're, we're so holy, like, you know, I don't want to say the other religion, but imagine having other religions. Okay, flip on, you know, get, go get a generator, you know, shatzatchak, you know, whatever, you know. Nothing. There was no discussion. After Luchadoidi, so we finished Boi Shalom, all of a sudden, a guy in the shul starts singing Shoshana's Yaakov. We finished Luchadoidi. And before you know it, the whole shul, is dancing, I was with them, around the bima, like, God, you can turn off the lights, but you can't turn us off. 
And they never dance after L'chadaydi. But tonight, you turn off the lights, we're going to show you. And they dance L'chadaydi for like 10 minutes, the whole place. And then when they finish L'chadaydi, I'm like, this is all very nice, you proved your point, but I'm hungry. <laughs> and then they start singing, La Yehudim Haisa'ira, La Yehudim Haisa'ira. Because I think, they were, you know, they were, they were, La Yehudim means for the Jews there was light. So maybe they figured if they're going to sing it, the lights are going to go on. But, and they start singing, and they start dancing another 10 minutes. It was amazing. So I sat down by Maya when I was davening, and I looked around the room, and everybody was davening Kriya Shema, and there was so much holiness in the room. And I said, okay, Hashem, I got it. I got it. It could happen in our day, too. Instead of, God, how could you sign this decree that the lights and electricity would go off and we're going to freeze now and we're going to have darkness in our houses so we're going to dominate real fast. We're going to swallow all the words because you did this to us. We're going to dominate in five minutes. No. They turned around to the governor and they said, I love you. And no matter what you're going to do, turn off the lights, turn off the electricity. We love you anyway and we're going to dominate slow and we're going to dance and we're going to sing. <laughs> and I realized Hashem gave me my answer from Wednesday night. I was like, the Holocaust, and this and that, it can happen today. The reaction was absolutely not normal amazing. I'll finish the story. <laughs> so, so anyway, so we're, uh, so I'm, I'm figuring the whole time the lights are going to go back on, the lights are going to go back on. So anyway, I'm sitting by the meal, and now we have to figure out, we have to eat the meal, Baruch Hashem, you have Shabbos Lech by the meal, so they last more than the tea lights. So um, we finished the meal, we cleaned up, and as we cleaned up, the last light of the Shabbos Lech went out. So it was like very bashat. But I sat by the table and I said, I don't want to show off that I'm a makubal, but I know when the lights are going on. And they were all, you know, they were all sitting around the table like, yeah, when? I'm like, I'm going to give you the exact time. Tomorrow morning at 6.31. They were like, they were like, what? How would you know that? I'm like, because I know what time Vasikin is, and Vasikin is 6.31. And I realized that guaranteed every day, everybody in this room, Hashem turns the lights on every morning. No fear that at 6.31, the sun's coming up and it's going to be light for everybody. And I said to myself, look at this, generators and, America and, and human-made things, they go out. But every single day, you know, tomorrow morning, 6.28, if all the lights in this room go off, if the whole world has an electric outage, here at 6.28 tomorrow morning, we know we're going to have light. You just got to make it till 628. And then a whole day. It cannot go out. Yes, it was cloudy, but it was still very light. <coughs> Not only that, but Hashem did another miracle for us. And this was really interesting. Last Friday night was the 13th. So it was pretty much a full moon. Not only was it a full moon, but Muncie is full of snow. So the reflection of the moon on the snow... It was lighter outside, it was lighter outside than it was inside the house. So we opened, up, we opened up the window shades of the dark house to let in the light of the moon that was reflecting off the snow. This is stuff you just don't get every day. So the moon, which nobody gives any attention to, we never look up at the moon, that night, Mamish gave light. There were people outside. Everybody was talking outside. Everyone went outside their house because outside it was light. Inside it was dark. Outside it was light. So Kosh Baruch Hu has, when it says in Bereshis that he created two luminaries, we just learned that he created two luminaries. No, he really created two luminaries. He created two luminaries that light up the world. And we just, 
we just take it for granted. So Shabbos by day, the still lights were not on, and it was really cold. And all of a sudden, I really appreciated what a blanket means, because there was no heat. It was about 55 degrees or 54 degrees in the house, but you put on enough blankets, it keeps you warm. A blanket also has no meaning. You kick it off, you throw it on, it has no meaning to you. But when it's cold in the house, it has a very big meaning. So all of a sudden, everything started to have a meaning. It was like, you know, no hot water for the coffee. You know, you take for granted, you have those urns, but that they were cold, the water was cold. And hot, the refrigerator was not working, so we took all the food that needed to stay cold, and we put it in the porch in the snow. <laughs> so the snow kept it cold. All of Hashem's breathes, the sun, the snow, the moon, all came into use. So maybe this Shabbos, this past Shabbos, what Hashem wanted Olympia to learn is that if you don't have all these things, the man-made things, don't worry, I got you covered. I got snow to keep things cold. I got the moon at night to keep things light. I got the sun during the day to keep things light. And I learned a very big lesson. But the way these people reacted to the electricity going off was absolutely amazing. So the Rav gets up. At the end of Motsuf, it's like 11.30, and electricity is still off. But now we're sitting in shul, no problem, because it's light. The, the, you know, the, the sun's up. And he says, listen, tonight, so I'm thinking like, okay, tonight there's not going to be any light. So somebody started a rumor that they said till March 3rd there won't be electricity, whatever. But nobody was freaking out. So the rub got up and he said, well, we're not going anywhere tonight. We're reading the Megillah here. I'm like, in the dark? He goes, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna daven mincha. We're going to have a fast shalashudas. Then when it comes to time, this man, you're going to say, Baruch HaMadam, you're going to go home, and everybody bring flashlights. We're not leaving the shul. This is where we read the Megillah. This is where we read the Megillah. Everyone bring flashlights. One guy was telling the other guy, I have a, tra- a, a house trailer with big lamps on top. We're going to bring that to the shul. Cars facing the shul. It was amazing. <laughs> it was like so exciting. It was like, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you can turn off the lights. You can take off electricity. It could be freezing because it was pretty, very cold at that point. We're coming to hear the Megillah in our shul. That's Klai Yisrael. That's Klai Yisrael. That's, that's Klai Yisrael. That's what's going to bring Mashiach. That's what happened on Purim. That's what happened on Purim. That, you know, these things happen, and instead of reacting and being angry, the Gemara says that when Mashiach comes, the Goyim are going to say, we also, we also want to keep the mitzvah. The is going to give them the mitzvah of sukkah, and then it's going to get so hot, they're going to go out of the sukkah, and they're going to kick it. They're going to kick it. So, why are they going to kick it? And then Hashem is going to say, that's why you're not going to have Mashiach. Why are they going to kick it? Because their belief is that if I do what God wants, then God's going to reward me. So if I go into a sukkah, He's going to make it nice and comfortable. So they're gonna, when they walk out, they're going to say, what kind of God is this? He tells us to go into sukkah, and then he makes it 140 degrees, so they're going to kick it. And therefore, they don't deserve Mashiach. We, on the other hand, it gets hot, it gets hot. We don't kick the mitzvah. They didn't get angry in shul, just the opposite. They were makabalit with simcha and ba'ava. So we see that today, in a person's life, you need to do the same thing. We need to learn from this, that sometimes the lights go out in your life. Electricity goes out. Things are not exactly what you expected them to be. Things are not exactly what you wanted. So you have two ways to react. You can say, Hashem, how can you do this to me? I'm doing everything right, or I'm trying, and you do this to me, and kick him. Or you could turn around like that and say, God, you can kick me, push me, throw me around, do whatever you want. I'm still going to love you. It don't make a difference. Turn off the lights, turn on the lights, make it cold, make it hard. Don't make a difference. I love you anyway. And if a person has the kayak to do that, then whatever they need, Hashem will help them. Hashem's just looking to see, Hashem's just looking to see what reaction that person is going to have. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.